Hello, everyone, and welcome to the good, the bad, the ugly, the aviation maintenance industry. I am your host, Brian Wheels, and in this podcast, we're talking about human factors in aviation maintenance. Does it belong? Does it have its place? Well, I'm going to talk about it here in this podcast coming up. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. We are talking about human factors in aviation maintenance. And this stems from a very good email that I received from Jonathan in Oklahoma. And Jonathan writes, Brian Wheels, I've heard you mention human factors several times, but you really did not describe it. How does it relate to working on aircraft? Is there a fix for it? Could you please explain? Hey, Jonathan, thank you so much for reaching out to the podcast. And I really do appreciate your email. And I'll try to cover this as best as I can within a eh, brief amount of time without going too much in depth. You know, Jonathan, there is not a one fix all element for human factors. It is a part of us being human. It's a part of, it's just a part of reality. There are many human factors that easily overlap with one another, and some of them are defined pretty much the same way. I'll touch on them and I'll briefly discuss each and how they can play and have played a part in maintenance errors in aviation. The 12 human factors or the dirty dozen are lack of communication, distraction, lack of resources, stress, complacency, lack of teamwork, pressure, lack of awareness, lack of knowledge, and the norms. It has long been established that human factors in the dirty dozen have played a role in aviation maintenance-related accidents and incidents. In the past 14 years as a mechanic, going on 15 now, I've seen the industry shy away from educating mechanics about human factors and focus solely on making money. Countless times, though, the discussion of human factors, it only shows up after an accident or an incident has occurred. Management comes down, they preach to the group, and they say, hey, remember human factors, everyone. Then a couple weeks goes by and boom, it's gone. Everyone forgot. Now, the numbers on how many accidents or incidents are actually attributed to maintenance errors, it varies. But these numbers, they show up more frequently. From 1956 to 1994, 23%. And from 94 to 2019, 32%. Now, I do explain an episode, I believe it was episode 12, called Mechanics Liability. Why? A mechanic can be held liable if it's their work that caused the accident or the incident. That's a very good podcast, and I really do suggest everyone to take a listen to it. It's a really good one. Now, an example of maintenance errors, it includes things like parts being installed incorrectly, missing parts, MELs applied incorrectly, necessary checks and repairs not being accomplished, and even on-the-job injuries and mishaps. In episode seven, it's called a mechanic's voice and why management should listen. And I discuss about how not listening to an employee can lead to injuries and accidents occurring. That's another very good podcast, and I suggest everyone go take a listen to it. Human factors, it doesn't just play a role in injury or fatal accidents. It plays a role in the everyday ongoings and life of an aircraft mechanic. Human factors has grown very popular in aviation recently because it's now become a realization that Human error rather than mechanical failure is the underlying cause of many of these issues, and it's usually a combination of one or more of these factors. Now, if you compare it to other threats in aviation, the mistakes of an aircraft mechanic can be difficult to detect. Often these mistakes, they're present, but they're not visible until it's too late. 
and they can have the potential to remain latent for a long period of time, thus affecting the safety of the aircraft and the people during that period. Let's jump into it and start off with lack of communication. Here is one sentence that puts that into context. Each exchange of information holds the potential for misunderstanding or omission of information. I'll say that one more time. Each exchange of information holds the potential for misunderstanding or omission of information. Think about it. That's very true. In verbal communication, only 30% of the information is received and understood by either party. Usually, they're remembering the first and the last part of what was said. Now, why is that a big deal in aviation maintenance? Clear communication between management and employees is becoming more of an issue. Managers want more from the mechanics with less time with less back talk. And this means more coercing and intimidation and many mechanics, they're finding it difficult to speak up and voice concerns without retaliation. Now, this means a mechanic might not fully understand the instructions that were given to him, but they don't want to make that manager, that supervisor mad. And so they figure that they're just proceed without further clarification on what they were supposed to do, what they were told. And this leads to accidents and injuries that could be avoided and other factors such as pressure, stress, lack of resources, and distraction, they come into play. And mechanics can also fail to effectively communicate information to each other, such as pass down information during shift changes. There are many instances of a poorly communicated pass down that has led to the failure of the aircraft due to the steps and procedures not having been done correctly. Crew and mechanic communication is also important, especially on the line. When a mechanic gets to a gate call, they should try their best to debrief the crew before they get off the aircraft and get a thorough understanding of what's transpired and what caused that discrepancy. But many times on the line, the crew have already departed the aircraft. And sometimes they leave a very poor tailed discrepancy right up. And the issue with this is that it costs the mechanic more time to troubleshoot the problem because the information left by the crew in that discrepancy was not helpful. It was very poor. It wasn't detailed. And a discrepancy that could have been easily fixed, it's not going to take longer because the mechanic has to research all the possible solutions for a problem, whereas a better written write-up could have led the mechanic down to maybe three paths instead of five. It could have saved time. Now let's go on to a next human factor, complacency. Complacency is a general relaxation of vigilance, with the individual only seeing what he or she expects to see, what he or she expects to find. And this results in things being missed because the thought was, I've never seen an issue before. So what's the chance of an issue being present now? And this is very important when it comes to inspections, because if you're doing a routine inspection and you've never found anything before, you're going to be less vigilant to find something. And this can develop over time as a mechanic gains knowledge and experience on a task and that repetitiveness begins. When a mechanic, when they've done a task repair or an inspection a hundred times, they can become too comfortable and they can more easily miss or overlook things. It's easy for mechanics to become too familiar doing the same task over and over, and they should always expect to find a fault going into a task. And I, I tell mechanics that all the time, go into the work as if you're going to find something wrong. Always go into a job thinking you're going to find a fault. And if you don't, that's great. And I also see this being an issue with having the relevant task and procedural paperwork on hand. Paperwork in general. Mechanics, they've done a job a hundred times and they already know how to do it. They don't refer to paperwork or they don't have the relevant paperwork with them. And you know what? The feds love catching mechanics without paperwork. It's the one thing that gets mechanics in the trouble the most. 
is not having the paperwork with you, the updated relevant paperwork. No matter if you've done the task many times, keep the updated paperwork with you. Always remain vigilant. Next human factor is a lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge means a shortage of training information or the ability to perform successfully. Every mechanic out there, almost every mechanic out there that I met, they have an ego, whether it's a big ego, a small ego, a good ego, a bad ego. It's a thing. It happens. Lack of on-the-job experience and specific knowledge can lead to misjudging situations and making unsafe decisions. Maintenance personnel, they need to make sure that they have the latest applicable maintenance data and follow each step of the procedure as outlined. They need to understand the differences that exist in design, the maintenance procedures that differ from aircraft to aircraft, and understanding each type of aircraft. And that's where training comes in, training on different types of aircraft. Education and proper training such as GenFam is something that I've been I've been seeing really start to lack in the industry, and I talk about it a lot. Now, if you go back and listen to bonus podcast number five and episode five, I talk about the importance of GenFam, and that'll clue you in on some really good examples and reasoning why GenFam is so important. But not all companies will send their mechanics to GenFam classes, and the reason for this comes down to cost. Companies hate sending people to GenFam because they get paid to sit on their butt and not to be working on an aircraft. If you're a mechanic who hasn't done the job before, you might not be familiar with the risk of the task or the risk to yourself or the aircraft. It's very important to be trained and to know what you're getting into. And if you don't, ask for help because some mechanics, they're not willing to ask for help. Seek the advice of others. There's nothing wrong with it. The next human factor is distraction. This is a big one because it's another one of those factors that almost always has several other factors intertwined with it. Being distracted while performing a procedure has led to the missing of steps and the full repair not being complete and effective. About 15% of maintenance errors is due to distractions. A distraction is anything that takes the mechanic's attention away from the task at hand and is also the number one cause of forgetting things, including what has or hasn't been done during the maintenance procedure. Distractions, they can be mental, they can be physical in nature, and there's no quick and easy fix for it. We're humans, that's why. A good mechanic needs to be able to handle the numerous things going on around them, put all that off and focus at the task at hand. It's hard, I know. Managers contribute to some of those external factors causing distractions. They want more miracles performed at every moment while working harder, going faster, getting more done with less time. Other factors such as stress, lack of communication, lack of awareness play into distraction. Let's go on to lack of teamwork. Lack of teamwork is a failure to work together to accomplish a shared goal. Teamwork involves everyone understanding and agreeing on actions to be taken. This is especially true during recovery, AOG, or RTS jobs. Everyone needs to be on the same page. In my experience, though, I see this more so in the terms of personality issues and leadership issues than people not being aligned on what the same goal is, in a sense. I've witnessed mechanics not work with one another or help other people out due to personality conflicts, and this needs to be left outside the workplace. Again, easier said than done, sure, but still. A lack of teamwork on the leadership level, that's a whole different ballgame, and it's not something I'm going to go into in this podcast. In short, you're either on the management team or you're not, and if you're not, you're rarely going to be well-treated or even as an equal, something that's killing the industry very fast. Let's go on. Fatigue. Fatigue is a major human factor that has contributed to many maintenance errors and accidents. 
fatigue. It can be mental. It can be physical. It can be emotional. And it does affect the mental and physical performance of a mechanic. Stress and overworking are the leading causes of fatigue. You know, throughout a mechanic's career, they could have worked any shift at any day at any time, any number of hours. But yet at the same time, when it comes to a mechanic's duty time per the FARS, it's very poorly well written and it's very poorly understood. It's not well defined. And managers will try and take advantage of that and force employees, i.e. mechanics, to work beyond the FAA-mandated duty time for mechanics. And yet fatigue is another factor that has several other factors at play. It is hugely affecting the quality of work, efficiency, morale, the safety of the aircraft, the safety of the employee. Fatigue results in an increase in mistakes, poor judgment, and wrong decisions. A fatigued person may also lower his or her standards because they are tired. It's a major factor in many maintenance errors resulting in accidents. Another big thing with fatigue is working alone. I never let my mechanics work by themselves, rarely if I do. I want them to work as a group, as a pair. It's safer, more effective, and I know three people who got hurt or had a medical episode because they were alone, exhausted, or they just weren't aware. One guy I know, he fell from a 767 wing late at night. He was tied off properly, he had his harness on properly, but when he fell off the trailing edge, he swung outward and then back into the flap, and he ended up breaking his pelvis. Now, the second guy, who's no longer with us, sadly, he actually had a heart attack on the ramp, and this was about three years ago. It was a hot summer day, he was working by himself on the ramp, and he had a heart attack. And it was very fortunate that a passing ramper found him and was able to get him uh, medical attention. The third fellow who got hurt or had an issue while being fatigued, he's a good friend of mine, and I won't say his name because I don't want to embarrass him. He was working by himself on a 5.7. He was up in the E&E bay. It was in summertime, very hot outside. He passed out from heat exhaustion. He was tired. He had been working 12 hours. He just passed out. And we had been trying to get a hold of him several times on the radio and his cell phone. And eventually, we just went out looking for him. Fortunately, the crew was doing a walk around and they saw his leg hanging out of the E&E bay door and they were able to pull him out and get him medical attention. They called us and said, hey, you got a mechanic who we think had heat exhaustion. He's on his way to the hospital. You know, those things happen. Fatigue is a major factor. We have to be aware of it. So let's take a quick obscene sponsor break. And on part two, I'm going to talk about lack of resources, pressure, lack of assertiveness, stress, lack of awareness, and the norms. Coming up, stay tuned. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to part two of Human Factors in Aviation Maintenance. We are talking about human factors as a whole, and we're going to start off with lack of resources. Lack of resources can interfere with the ability to complete a task due to a lack of supply of tooling, equipment, materials, and parts, or anything, anything that's such a resource, right? Companies need to make sure that their personnel, their employees have the correct resources, and they're not forced to improvise. But this doesn't always happen. And there are times in history in which someone improvised on a task, on a procedure, and it has caused an issue. Let me give you an example. About 10 years ago, I was working for an MRO. I was in the control booth. We had an aircraft that had just finished up with a new interior install. And whenever you do a new interior install, you have to reweigh the aircraft. 
Now, the mechanics, they went to try and find the correct load cells for weighing the aircraft, but they couldn't find the one that was specified in the AMM, and so they substituted it for another one. Well, guess what happened? I'm in the control booth. Four guys start running in and say, hey, we got a problem, we got a problem, we got a problem, not telling me what it is. I'm like, oh, shit, did someone get hurt? And I walk out to the hangar, and lo and behold, the aircraft <laughs> is leaning on its right side. That aircraft jumped the jacks, and the right side jack punctured the wing and put a good-sized dent in the secondary spar. And you know what? It took that aircraft out of service for three whole months, and the MRO had to pay that cost. On top of that, they had to pay the customer, I won't say which airline it was, an additional cost because they figured, well, we're down one less plane because you screwed up. That cost us X amount of money. And that was out of the MRO's pocket. And that's a good example of what can happen. And there's many examples very similar to that. You know, tooling is a big thing, and especially in hangers. And I hate it when another hanger comes to one hanger's tool crib and they take tools with them. Your hanger's tool crib doesn't have the correct tooling because it's in another hanger and you're bouncing. You can spend, you know, what, an hour and a half sometimes bouncing around the hangers trying to find the tooling that you need that is supposed to belong to your freaking hanger. That happens. And it's frustrating. Let's go on to pressure. Pressure is in the top three of human factors. This is another factor which I could spend a lot of time on breaking it down because it is a systemic problem in the industry. Aviation maintenance tasks, they require individuals to perform in an environment with constant pressure to do things faster with less mistakes. But how easy is that? Mechanics deal with it every day. They deal with pressure to some degree one way or another. Some mechanics have a really hard time dealing with pressure and some they don't. But we're human, right? We are subject to the effects of being a human and pressure can get to us. Companies love saving money, right? They hate losing it. So what they do is they push employees to go faster and faster and faster, right? Get more work done with less time, less resources. They pile on the additional work that increases the pressure for the mechanics, right? Pressure is rarely a cause of maintenance errors in of itself. Other factors complicate the pressure factor like lack of resources, fatigue, communication issues, stress, lack of teamwork. When all these combine, I call it the perfect storm. And maintenance errors are increasingly contributed to pressure combined with these other factors. Now, one of the responsibilities of supervisors and managers is to keep track of costs and expenses, right? But did you know that there's usually a behind-the-scenes incentive for them to trim the fat because they get bonuses for saving money? And this is very prevalent in a lot of places. This is something I believe companies need to stop because it encourages leadership to skimp on resources needed, add pressure to employees to work harder, get more done with less. Mechanics have a tough enough job as it is already, especially in the line environment. The line environment is a balancing act. The pressure to fix things is always present in aviation, though. Maintenance personnel need to be aware of it and not allow those pressures to get in the way of finishing the maintenance safely. Again, easier said than done. But in the end, though, it is the mechanic's responsibility to do the job right and make sure the aircraft is safe. And I'm always telling people, don't compromise your integrity. All right, let's go on to the next human factor, lack of assertiveness. Assertiveness is the ability to express your feelings, opinions, and beliefs in a positive, professional, and productive manner, but it is often confused with being an aggressive or combative employee, and I'll explain. 
Lack of assertiveness occurs when a person is not self-confident enough to speak up for their rights, for their ideas. Failure to speak up or to document concerns about instructions, orders, actions of others leads to issues. When it pertains to aviation maintenance, mechanics need to be assertive rather than choosing to not be. That stems from a leadership issue and is progressively getting worse. There are mechanics who do give in and they don't speak up. And yet there are mechanics like myself that do speak up. You can offset lack of assertiveness by addressing the supervisor or the manager directly. Explain what the consequences are going to be and propose solutions and get feedback from other mechanics and their opinions. There is strength in numbers. I don't know of any supervisor or bad manager in the right mind who's going to fire an entire work group over one person. If you can get your buddies, if you can get your coworkers to side with you and say, hey, this is the problem that I see. We need to address it. And they're like, yeah, let's do it. And you go to that supervisor, you go to that manager, and you said, hey, here's the problem. This is what we need you to do. There is strength in numbers, and that guy's not going to fire all of you, okay? So that's a means in which you might be able to work around that. Now let's move on to stress. Stress is a physical or emotional factor that causes physical or mental tension. And yet I think that stress has the same, pretty much similar definition as pressure. And they really do have similar definitions. Everyone handles stress differently and different situations can bring different degrees of difficulty for different people. Physical, environmental, and psychological stressors add to the pressure factor, creating a snowball effect. The other factors that contribute to stress are lack of resources, communication issues, fatigue, lack of resources, lack of knowledge, and even lack of teamwork. Now let's talk about lack of awareness. Lack of awareness is defined as a failure to recognize all the consequences of an action or the lack of foresight. In aviation maintenance, it's not unusual to perform the same task repeatedly, and it can be easy for mechanics to become less vigilant and become competent, which turns into complacency, which turns into lack of awareness. It's easy to preach about how human factors can improve quality, the environment, the culture, safety, blah, blah, blah. And it can. But without competent leadership to help promote it, if you have a crappy leader, you're going to influence crappy work and thus the safety of the aircraft. But again, lack of awareness is just that. It's not being aware of what you're doing. It's not having that foresight. Now on to the last one, the norms. One sentence sums up the norms. This is the way we've always done things around here. Or this is the way we've always done it. That's the norms. And this is from workplace practices having developed over time through experience and often under the influence of a very toxic, specific workplace culture. And this factor is following unwritten rules or behaviors which deviate from rules or policies and the procedures that are normally in place. The norms can and often is confused with tribal knowledge, which is something I talk about in another podcast. And you might want to check that out as well. Just because everyone else does it, or I've seen it done this way a hundred times, or it's easier to do it this way, doesn't mean it's right. Don't let this mentality get the best of you. If it's been done a certain way a hundred times, has it been done to the letter of the tech pubs correctly a hundred times? A great example of this, folks, is American Airlines Flight 191. It was a DC-10 that crashed moments after takeoff when the number one engine and its pylon separated from the wing, caused the aircraft to crash. And that was due to maintenance-induced damage. American Airlines shortcutted the engine removal procedure to save time and to get the job done quicker. And there were many factors at play here. Stress, complacency, 
pressure, lack of communication, lack of teamwork. You know, it wasn't just American Airlines, though. Other companies had done it that same damn way before, and it became the normal way of doing it. But unfortunately, it was American Airlines 191, which failed, and that caused the deaths of 271 people. If you're a worker who feels pressured to deviate from a procedure, if you have a workaround even, or if you have a means of doing something better, communicate that so that that can be reviewed, it can be amended if necessary. To sum it up, the norms, be aware that just because it seems normal to you does not make it correct. Just because someone else has been doing it that same way doesn't make it right. The easiest way of accomplishing something may not be the standard. Ask yourself, after you're done working on the plane, would I put my family on this aircraft right now? If you hesitate, if you have to think about it, then I'm telling you, something's wrong. Don't be that person. A lot of research has gone into human factors or the dirty dozen in recent years, and its effect on aviation maintenance and the aviation industry as a whole. Again, there is no easy fix for human factors besides every mechanic being vigilant and performing every job Again, as if you're putting your family on that plane right after. So what do you guys think? Did you like the podcast? Did you hate the podcast? Let me know. You can reach out to me at APMechanicPodcast at AOL.com or find me on Twitter at GoodBadUgly underscore AMP. You can also find me on Facebook, GoodBadUglyAP, one word. And remember to subscribe, share with your family, share with your friends. I really do appreciate you guys tuning in. Second Wednesday of each month, a new podcast airs. And until next time, everyone, take care and be safe. We'll see you.